بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعليه وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته Okay, so this uh, this episode we're going to do uh, something a little different, something a little special. Uh, we're going to be dissecting uh, one of the last or the last sermon of the Prophet Ali We're going to be talking about some of the messages that he left behind us, some of the things that he said, and how we can apply some of these um, lessons that he taught us uh, today, inshallah. And guys, just as a warning, this is just this is just us scratching the surface, the basis. You know, we're not we're not scholars or anything, but you know, we're just going to show you guys what we have taken from it so far. Okay, to begin this, the first thing he started out with, he started off with, of course, praising Allah, declaring his oneness. You know, He starts off by telling the people around him, O people, lend me an attentive ear. For I do not know whether after this year I shall ever be amongst you again. Therefore, listen to what I'm saying to you carefully and take these words to those who cannot be here, be here present today. Okay. Imagine the scene as we go on and we talk about all the commandments and all the virtues that he, that he gives in this last sermon. He's telling all these people to come here, listen, because he has important words, words to say. This is not regular. This is not Fulan. This is Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last this, messenger to this mankind. This is him warning, warning them that like, okay, I might not be here longer, like for, for much longer. So you have to take this with an, like, with an attentive ear because this message needs to reach everybody. Like it's, it's, uh, here it is right now. It's reached, it's reached us. We're here reading, reading it out today. Like this is something that was so important to him that it uh, be delivered like the correct way. Mm -hmm. Oh, people, just as you regard this month, this day, this city as sacred, so regard the life and property of every Muslim as a sacred trust. Return the goods entrusted to you to their rightful owners. Hurt no one that no one may hurt you. Remember that you will be indeed meet your Lord and that he will indeed reckon your deeds. Do not wrong another Muslim brother is what we can pick up from this do not wrong them their property in do right do not take from what is theirs and them should not take from what is yours and do then, not hurt them wrongfully like you know, what do you guys take from this and then like also understand that you're going to be returning back to your lord you're going to be returning back to allah and like no there's going to be accountability for whatever you do mm -hmm. yeah there's going to be accountability and it's he uh the prophet is telling you like understand like the the bond that um, two muslims are supposed to share like you understanding that both of you worship allah alone and that you follow the example of the prophet that's supposed to be enough for you guys to be able to trust each other with your lives like these were men these were at a time where these men went through battle with each other sometimes not even knowing each other but the only common denominator between them was that they shared la ilaha illallah the fact that they followed the prophet they believed that he was the messenger of allah sometimes that was all they had they didn't have to be friends but just because of that that created a brotherhood beyond capacity beyond imagine beyond imagination because they were like okay so you're fighting along me alongside me for the sake of allah and I, together we can reach jannah by following this uh following this religion following this deen of allah Allah. moving forward peace said allah has forbidden you to take usury interest therefore all interest obligations shall henceforth be waived this is riba you this eat, huge, you eat your wealth, Allah and his messenger wage war against you, and that's a war you can't win. So don't consume usury. It's bad for you. It's a bad financial decision regardless. We can't even we can't even truly understand how big interest was, riba was back in that time. But think about it today. Riba is literally the foundation of our, our economy. economy. And that's literally. why there's a lot of poor people. That's why there's a lot of poverty. I mean, yeah, of course. And it keeps the poor poor well, and, and the it rich keeps the rich rich. rich. And like just it just 
create creates an even bigger gap exactly. in between them. It's literally the making of wealth off of loans alone. So just the people with just money, making money, all, out all, of nothing. making money out of nothing. They're just and then you go and you chase you like that. a cash cow. Yeah, you're chasing that. You're chasing something that they, they just create out of thin air, and then you put your lot you put your life on the line for this. For real, brother. Yeah, look and, at the wisdom and, in that. And knowing knowing that um, the one who's paying the interest and the one who's like who's um, telling the person to pay the interest, you know, you're both waging war against Allah. Even though the person who's paying it, like, yeah, you're making me poorer because I have to pay more money than mm -hmm. I should. You're still waging war because you knowingly entered into that contract. You knowingly entered into that agreement, know, like that if you didn't pay your debt back on time, that you're going to have to pay even more. You're going to have to consume this interest. This interest, that this thing that Allah hates because you're taking money away from the poor. Like that money could be going to someone poor if you have the money to be able to pay this interest, right? Like, right. You could be giving it out. You could be helping other people. It could be going towards the it's a, like. it's a, just, just, immoral. It's an immoral deal. Just imagine the the level of embarrassment on the day of judgment. When, you know, when Allah and His Messenger tell you to go and grab your weapons and then wage a war against you. Like, just imagine the level of embarrassment, and you know you just can't win this, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> that's that's just crazy to think about. <laughs> All right. What is what is like? Hold on. What does mankind say on the day of judgment? It says it in Surah Hakka. It says, uh, "My wealth hasn't availed me." Mm -hmm. Like they, they say they. Uh, I, w I wish I'd not been given my record. They say, um, "Like I wish like death was just like my end. I wish nothing came after my death." You know, their wealth is not going to avail you. Like you can't, you can't bribe Allah. You can't bribe Allah to forgive you. So it doesn't matter how much, uh, how much money you have here and all this. Like it's not going to do anything on the day of judgment. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you in the grave. You know what will help you is how much zakat you gave, how much sadaqah you were able to give. You know, the way uh, spending in the way of Allah, you know, helping your family, providing for uh, for your spouse, for your children, those types of things. Ongoing charities after your death. Yeah, ongoing charity after your death. But see, spending spending with riba, like, you know, that, that money is going is going to a haram cause. Like, even getting haram money. Yeah, so like, you're, these you're these types be, of things, you're man, gonna you got to think about it. You're going to be broke. All right, ready? Moving forward. Beware of Satan for your safety of your religion. He has lost all hope that he will ever be able to lead you astray in big things. So beware of him of following him in small things. Okay. So what we have here is this, like what the Rasul was talking Sorry. about. The way we can explain it is he has failed and he has lost hope in trying to you believers in making you try to commit major, major excessive sins that will rip you from the yeah, fold of Islam. Like we were but just the talking about things. this. We mm -hmm. were just talking about this, right? Mm -hmm. So we were saying like he's not gonna he can't he probably won't be able to get you to commit shirk right away because oh yeah you're you're a believer you're a mm -hmm. Muslim right now uh -huh. mm -hmm. but see Adam right we're all sinners mm -hmm. so the easiest way for him to do that is to get you to do the smallest sin. Just imagine this we brought up this example before every time you sin you know it was like you go, you get a black dot on your heart so you get mm -hmm. so many black dot black dots on your heart that your heart just comes black it becomes dead right you don't know right from wrong and you don't know wrong from right. So up until he gets you to that point is, you know, when he starts to get you to uh, to commit major sins or, you know, to commit kufr, right? You know, he's going to get you to cuss, listen to music. It's going to lower your iman, right? It's going to it's going to hit you. And then, and that, then the over big, time, and then the big sins, they, then he'll then that's where he that's where he gets you. Yeah, it's like a plot. Like, and it's, then it's, even like the story about Asisa, right? Yeah, it's, like the story about Asisa, like the for the men, like, you know, lowering your gaze, you know, that's one of the hardest things to do. It's not it's not a major sin if you. Uh, if you're, uh, if you make one look at a woman, right? It's not, you know, they say the first look is high, ah, cool, right? But then after that, he gets you to look again because you're, you're a man. You probably don't have a wife at the min at the moment, and you're like, okay, see, you're interested in a woman, so then you're gonna start looking at them, and then the, the look, okay, yeah, the look is one thing. Then you're gonna start trying to talk to them in a non halal way. Then you're gonna start dating them. Then you're gonna start doing haram mm -hmm. stuff with them. Then you're gonna eventually commit zina, 
And then you're going to be so far gone that you're going to try to either keep turning away because you're like, oh, I've, I've already done this. I'm you know, already in like, here. Allah yeah. will not forgive me. Yeah, I'm already too far. And the fact in you saying Allah will not forgive me is worse than the sin itself. I don't mm -hmm. care what sins that you have done. If you say the fact that Allah will not forgive me for what I have done, you just denied Allah's mercy and you denied, his, uh, you know, Allah's, Allah's love, which is an even bigger sin than whatever sin that you've committed. Just look at the way Shaitan, like, yeah. Just look at the way Shaitan, he, when he, when he says small things and then uh, he tells you he's going to, like, he's going to try to get you to do small things. It's like looking at things like procrastination and laziness. First, he's going to make you, like, he's going to help you procrastinate your assignments or something, like in school. He's going to help you be lazy around the house or something. Then you're going to turn to be lazy during your prayer. You're going to procrastinate your prayer. You're going to leave off uh, praying uh, your obligatory prayers till the last minute. Or you're not even, you're going to get up lazily. You're not even going to have no hosu in your prayer. Like these types of things, they're going to start falling. And then you're going to be like, man, I stopped praying. How do I get back on it? You know, and people will make, uh, people will try to make excuses like, oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. See, something with prayer, there's no such thing as trying. It's either you do it or you don't. You know? Like even if you don't have hosu, if you're getting up to pray, it will come. It will come. And I can, I can attest to that for myself. Because at first, when I was starting to pray, I was like, man, I didn't truly understand what I was, like, what I was uh, getting at here. Like I, I knew I knew uh, what I was reading, but I didn't know exactly what I was doing it for. Like I knew, okay, yeah, I'm praying to Allah, but I didn't know, okay, I'm avoiding, I'm trying to avoid Jahannam and I'm trying to make it to Jannah. You know, that's that's the the level of living for the akhirah instead of living for the dunya. You know, I started, I start, I always think about the akhirah whenever I'm praying because I understand this this deed right here is gonna avail me in both. It's gonna help me here and it's gonna help me there. But you know, me me going out listening to music, that's not gonna help me anywhere. How is that going to help me? It's not going to help me remember Allah. It only it's not decreases gonna you. Yeah, it's not going to help me memorize the word of Allah inside my heart. Listening to music, that's not going to do that. That's just going to uh, bring in some poison in my mind. It's going to poison my heart. I want, you, I want you to imagine this. Allah has given you the gift of Iman, right? So let's say, right, you have honey, right? And you put a little bit of dirt into it. Is, is the honey still going to be as sweet as it was before? Even though, like, you put you put a, a small amount 10%. of dirt into that. Like, let's say, yeah, you have 100% honey, but you put 10% dirt. It's not going to be the same as before. Yeah, and this is why you know, of course, you they know, might even taint the whole thing. It's just like, yeah, if, if you, have you a, still if you have a, if, yeah, if you have a glass of water, you put ten percent dirt. Would you consider it? Would clean? you still drink? Would you consider it pure? Oh yeah, no, you wouldn't, man. All right, moving forward. Oh people, it is true that you have certain rights with regard to your women, but they also have a right over you. If they abide by your right, then to them belongs the right to be fed and clothed in kindness. Do true. Do treat your women well and be kind to them, for they are your partners and committed helpers. And it is your right that they do not make friends with anyone of whom you do not approve, as well never commit adultery. Be kind to your women, subhanAllah. Okay. The, go, you go first. So we always have the misconception in Islam that, you know, we abuse our woman or that we oppress our woman. But, you know, that couldn't be any farther of the truth. Like, Islam really came with women's rights before anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, Islam is here to honor our woman. This is why we are so protective of our woman. And we also have to understand that our women have rights over us, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's certain things that we have to do for our women, right? And there's mm -hmm. certain things that we have to do for them. We, as 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 uh, as male and female, you know, we're not there to be one to be better than the other. We're supposed to work together it, to create something that, mm -hmm. you know, that is pure, that is, that is, mm -hmm. that is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Not that, okay, man is better than woman or woman is better than man. Like that, I don't even know where, you know, these things come from. This is, this is a very, this is a very interesting thing that he said knowing what we're going through today. You know, we, we live in uh, a time where, you know, there are a lot of majority Muslim countries. So then people take like these couples that are Muslim and they say, this is what Islam does. If they see a man who's abusive to his wife or something like that, or they see like toxic relationships between a husband and a wife in an Islamic country, or if they're Muslim and they say, this is Islam. And it's like, no, this is not Islam. 
Islam does not tell, uh, say that uh, like a man is allowed to mistreat a woman. There's no way. Islam There's is no, free no, of this. Yeah, Islam is free of this. We are free of this. As believers, we are free of this. This is not, that, that is not what Islam preaches. And um, that's why it, it like, it hurts the image of Islam when you see Muslims misrepresenting uh, Islam. Like even you, so, not even just uh, Muslims. Like the majority of the media, they make it seem like oh, um, um, women have to consume the right to men. Oh, women have to fulfill the right to men. This, that, this, that. Oh, our women are lies. But like, they seem to misview the like the part where your men also have you know what does to fulfill their rights. You know what doesn't make any sense though. You see, these same people, they sit here and they make a mockery of Islam. They talk about Islam doesn't do this and that for their woman. But look look at how people conduct their relationships here in, in these Western countries. Look look at the divorce rate. Look at like the amount of people who are, who are actually in toxic relationships, but it's not, it's not being broadcasted by the media. Mm -hmm. There's not, look, there's no, uh, there's nothing wrong with, a, with a, a male and a female being married together and actually being together, right? But what is, what is the issue with you guys is the way that you guys are conducting yourselves with it. Islam has the solution to this, but of course you guys want exactly. to be arrogant in your hearts. Like not even now in the Western countries for a man to get married or a woman to get married, like dude, like it's a nightmare. It's it is a nightmare. It's, it's a, nightmare. a nightmare to get out of it. Why would anyone want to get married here? Exactly. Why, honestly, why would anyone want to get married here? If let's say if I wasn't a Muslim right now, why would I want any like, reason to get married? I can, just, I can just go and sleep with everyone, like without any sort of Islamic law. I can just go and sleep with whatever I want, mistreat any woman I want, and they're gonna love me for it. And this is why in the Quran, the Sunnah, like it's very easy to get married. Very easy to get married in, in, in the fold of Islam. Mm -hmm. But you know, you, you guys are out here and making it difficult and then pointing the blame on us. Imagine, imagine the hypocrisy. Exactly. And what is, what is like, what is a, a Satan love? A Satan, divorce. Look, divorce, Shaitan, he loves the divorce and divorce is not even something that is haram. But he knows if he can get the family to split, the family will, will uh, once the family splits, it will cause chaos in the, in the household. The household will cause chaos in the neighborhood. The neighborhood will cause chaos in the community. The community will cause chaos in the society and the society all over the world. Mm -hmm. and you, you get so, the point. You get the point, yeah. See, so what we're basically saying is the mar the, that marriage between, like, you think it's so insignificant, but no, that's the baseline of a society in, in today's world. And that, if you break it there, you break it the whole way through. There you go. And that goes back to what the prophet said before. The, the shaitan's not going to come at you with major sins or kufr. He's going to come at you with little things. Mm -hmm. So like I said, so when it comes to the household, first it starts off with the household, then all mm -hmm. of a sudden it becomes a worldwide issue. Mm -hmm. And then we hear we have the prophet giving us these virtues. Men, treat your woman well. Women, fulfill your rights to men. Men, fulfill your rights to women. As if we all have rights. And everyone wants to sit there and point fingers, blame one another when really... For, for any man who thinks they can mistreat a woman and you think uh, you think you're going like with accordance with Islam, you got to reevaluate yourself, bro brother. Like, because I, I, I see it too. Like I see it in, in these majority Muslim countries and I'm like, bro, this is not Islam, bro. Do not do not do any of this. Do not associate Islam with any of this. Uh, associate that with yourself because on the day of judgment, all the Muslims will say we're free of that. We're free of what, like of this, like of this action. We're, that's, Islam is free of that. No, no, truly Allah is going to ask you. Like, yeah, and, truly and Allah's you, gonna you ask think, you. you think what did the prophet answer? just say here? You know, you'll be accountable to your mm -hmm. Lord. You know, remember the fact that you know you're gonna be returning back to him. And all right, moving forward. Hold on. Mm -hmm. One last oh, point. Okay. We have to we have to understand here when it talks about rights over women or woman women's rights over men, we have to understand we as men and women we are different. There's a reason why there's two of us. There's a reason why we have our differences, right? Mm -hmm. And, and like this I is said, undeniable. This is objective. This is not just according to Islamic faith. This is everywhere. We are different. And like I said. The point, the point being is, I made the point before that no one is better than the other, but that we're supposed to come together and create something. Mm -hmm. And this is what exactly a man and a woman can do. Allah subhanAllah. Moving forward. Oh, people, listen to me in earnest. Worship Allah. Say your five daily prayers, fast during the month of Ramadan, and give your wealth into zakat. Perform hajj if you can't afford to. 
is essentially the five pillars of Islam. Here he goes. He, he tells you about the five uh, five pillars of Islam. He tells you to to abide by them, mm-hmm. and he, he's telling you to do these things. Like imagine, like imagine, the, imagine the scene. Uh, the Rasul Ali Sallallahu tell you, "I might not be with you much longer." Obviously, what he's gonna say is of much importance. What is he telling you to do? He's giving you. He's giving you advice on your character. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Treat each other well. Don't don't uh, wage war against Allah by going into something like uh, use your interest. Beware of Shaytan because he uh, he's someone who will lead you astray in the small things, and then it'll lead to the big things. Right? It's like a domino effect. And then he's also telling you, don't mistreat your women. Women don't mistreat your uh, your men. You know there there are roles for both of you. You both have a have a duty to each other, especially in a marriage. And then he's also telling you, observe your five uh, um, five pillars of Islam. Zakat, perform Hajj if you can afford to. Look the wisdom, the wisdom, Subhanallah. So he, he says here, the first thing he says is to worship Allah. So like to believe in Allah, obviously is the first thing, right? And to perform your five daily prayers. Mm-hmm. Look at the importance of this. The first thing you're going to be asked about on the day of judgment is your prayer. So, you know, why not obviously say this right after, you know, you, you have the belief in Allah. Mm-hmm. So fast during the month of Ramadan and give your wealth in zakah and, po- and perform hajj if you can. How can you ever say that this is a devil religion? Like this is going out to like, you know, like let's say the, the Christians and the Jews who say that Islam is a devil religion. How can you say a devil religion is one that says to follow one God? To give your to give your wealth to the to the yeah, poor yeah. and and to perform your prayers to God and to you know obey by the contract, how can you ever say that this is a devil devilish religion? I, where is your where is your logic here? Well, yeah, well, it's arrogance. I mean, it's arrogance. People people don't like they see things that they want it to be Islam because they're like, oh hey, wait, that person's probably Muslim or they come from a Muslim country, so this is Islam. Like they take they take any image that they can find about Islam and they try to warp it into their like their agenda. Be like, yep, see, this is Islam. It's evil. Look at it. Look at it right here. Mm. They take they may uh, they take one bad apple from the tree and they're like, look, the whole tree is bad. Ready? I'm gonna read the next part. All right. Yeah. All right. All mankind is from Adam and Eve. An Arab has no superiority over a non-Arab. Nor a non-Arab has any superiority over an Arab. Also. A white has no superiority over a black, nor does a black have any superiority over a white, except by piety and good action. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting, <laughs> very interesting part of his sermon because, like, at the time there were a lot of there were a lot of people who thought they were superior to another, and it's still it's still yeah. People today. think that Islam is an Arab religion. No, this is right Islam there. Is, this is this is this is his last sermon. This is his last words for like mankind. His last advice. An Arab has no superiority over a non-Arab, nor a black over a white. I want you to think about this. This was before European slavery. He's t- like, like, hold on, we'll get into it later. I'll, I'll bring, I'll bring this b- back up. But what, I want to bring up the end point. He says, except by piety and good action. Subhanallah. Like, we're all, we're all equal on a, on a frame, mm-hmm. except by those who come, who do good, good stuff and who are pious. Yeah, and currently you don't, you don't say you're better than another. Mm-hmm. Like just like just like we were just speaking, like you don't you don't assign nobody a role or anything like in terms of oh you can't say this person's going to heaven, this person's going to hell, that type of stuff. You you measure it by piety and good action. And action, action you can see, you can visibly see action. Mm-hmm. So if someone's doing good action, you're like, yes, they're a good person. And, and this why 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 would you not want to be around people who do good? Like th- these are the exact people who who you who you'd want to be around, right? You don't want to be around people who are you know causing mischief on the land, right? And it's also like looking at yourself, remain humble. Mm-hmm. We we all have, and also learning from this, whatever it doesn't matter what race you are, we all have the ability. We all have the ability to be good Muslims, upright people, no matter no matter our background, right? So it doesn't matter if I grew up in, let's say, a black home, I could still I could still be amongst the pious. Or if I grew up in wherever. Home, like it, it the fact matter. of the matter is, if you make it to Jannah, 
a black or a white person, they both get the uh, the honor of seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's no, like, you're not going to be better than them. The only, the only way you'd see if you're better than someone is on the day of judgment, truly. And plus, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what race you are. You still have to obey Allah. You still have you still have to obey the contract. You still have to pray five times a day. You still have to give your wealth to the poor. Yeah. There, there is, the there is no distinction. The, yeah. the only distinction is uh, the man and the woman. Allah gave rights of man over a woman and woman over a man. But he didn't. He didn't give it over a race. He didn't say, "Yeah, white has uh, this over a, a black, or an Arab has this over anybody." Else. Like, no, it doesn't. That's not it. Like, racism has no place in Islam. Ready? All right. Yeah. Learn that every Muslim is a brother to every Muslim, and that Muslims con uh, constitute one brotherhood. Nothing shall be legitimate to a Muslim which belongs to a fellow Muslim unless it was given freely and willingly. Do not therefore do injustice to yourselves. Well, look at that first that first sentence saying that like Muslims, uh, the Muslim is a brother to every Muslim and the Muslims constitute one brotherhood. This is something uh, that is being lost today. Like we brought it up so, so many times on the on the show because, you know, the Muslim brotherhood is something that we are supposed to value above anything else. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, like, you know, the, uh, these Muslims, they were going to war during the prophet, uh, the time of the prophet. Alayhi he was preaching Islam to these people and he probably didn't even know them. He was just like, hey, like you got it. This is this is the message that I came with, and I had to he had to deliver it. That was it. Like he wasn't, uh, and and he made he made companions from that uh, people that he was able to yeah. bring bring up with him. A in strong status. a strong Islamic from from his ambition, our Rasulullah a strong Islamic empire emerged. Like uh, advancements in philosophy, mathematics, and science, unlike any other than we ever seen, emerged from that ambition from the Rasulullah mm. And that's something that's, that we're seeing like lacking today. Like a lot of people, they want to look at, look down on a, upon another Muslim, or they they want to backbite, they want to slander these people, they want to say, oh, this person's not as uh, not a good Muslim, or, they or they're not Muslim at all, they're they a fake Muslim. Like you can't you can't say these things yes, about other people. And like think about like we have all they want to divide into sex and all this like could you imagine if our muslim was, was one and we had uh, we our nation was gathered together could you imagine no nation would defeat us in science in military in philosophy in mathematics no nation would defeat us like we would we would because we have the Allah Allah like Allah tells you in the Quran anything for his sake there's you cannot take an L like you're not going to lose there's no way you can lose even if that means you dying like everything yeah even if that means you're dying he said you're still, still a w. alive he's still, it's a, still w. a w it's still a w like and um for his like, sake for the for the, the um even more so it's like you you see a lot of people they look down on others for uh if they see someone doing a sin you know they look down on them they try to make them feel like less of a muslim and that's not some a sin does not make you is not make you less of a muslim that's a part of jihad like jihad is part of being a muslim you're going to struggle in your life but it's how it's how someone picks themselves up from the struggle. How they how they correct themselves. Like we talked about repentance. Repentance is you you correcting your way. You know you seek your forgiveness and then you correct the way. You try to turn away from it. And in the event that you turn back to it, you know that's a that's a moment of weakness. That's still part of jihad. You're gonna and then if you, you can keep turning back, Allah will still forgive you. Allah forgives all those who are sincere in repentance. The people who seek uh, forgiveness. Uh, not not only sincerity. that, not only that. He says, "Don't don't despair, don't despair in His mercy. Don't even go in excess on, on yourself. He forgives all sins." Subhanallah, Surah Zumar. Yeah, like, and <laughs> like the, I don't think people um, 
like truly take the lessons. Like we were sp speaking about the last episode, people taking these lessons from these stories. Like look at the seed of the Prophet Sam. You know, Umar ibn Khattab, he, he was going to kill the Prophet. The day that he uh, embraced Islam, he was going to kill the Prophet. He went to his sister's house and then he heard the Quran. He started crying and he, uh, he went to the Prophet and he embraced Islam instead. Like, look at that. And the Prophet, he didn't hold no grudge. He didn't say like, nah, man, I'm mad at you. Like, nah, you tried to kill me. Like, no, he became one of his, his greatest companions. He became someone who spread Islam. Like, look at um, nah, Abu Bakr. Like, that's that's real brotherhood. Yeah, what Abu he Bakr, had Abu yeah. Bakr, that was that's real brotherhood. He was someone who, who had his back no matter what. From the beginning. Yeah, from the beginning. Anytime, anytime something happened, if they if it involved the Prophet, Abu Bakr would say like, whatever the Prophet said is true. Like, no questions about it. He never had to make up no excuse for him yeah, or nothing. Even, even after the death of the Prophet, والسلام, no matter how much, like, even though Abu Bakr and, and the Prophet, they were best friends, he still, he still took it upon himself to lead, to be a leader and say, whoever worshiped um, the messenger, know that the messenger is dead. But whoever worships of Allah, know, know that Allah is ever living. SubhanAllah. That was Abu and that was there. after all people were, were, like, they were in a panic. They, they were in a, a panic, state of, yeah. uh, the a darkest state of chaos. Day. Like, the, it was the darkest day for them. You know, Bilal radiallahu anhu, he couldn't even save in Medina because look how, look him Look how so strong that brother Omar ibn Khattab, he was threatening people saying like, no, 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 don't say that. He's not dead. He's not dead. Like, but Abu Bakr is sitting here with all that strength, all that might uh, and courage inside of him saying like, you know, hey, he, he told you this day was going to come because he, he he's a mighty messenger of Allah, but he's, Allah is ever living. Allah is one. Allah is who we worship. Mm -hmm. Look at that brotherhood, subhanAllah. The next part. Remember, one day... You will appear before Allah and answer for your deeds. So beware. Do not stray from the path of righteousness after I am gone. This is the second time he, he told you that you're going to have a meeting with Allah. Remember, you will be held accountable for whatever you do in this life. So fear Allah. Be conscious of Allah. Have, have the taqwa, right? Know that Allah is watching you in, in whatever that you do. And he will ask you, he will take you to account for your deed. Like, this, he, like you said, this is the second time saying it in this entire sermon. This is repetition. It's of importance. You're gonna yeah, meet. You're gonna meet Allah. Yeah. You're gonna meet Allah, and like, it, it, there's there's no questions about it. That's that, that's a date. That's certainty. There's no running from it. Nobody nobody's gonna escape the judgment. Even the angels. You're gonna meet your Creator. So like, every everything that was has been put in uh, to existence will be judged that day. And He's telling you. So beware. Like you know, really like taqullah. Like yeah. remember what like, He said in the beginning. Oh, people, give me an attentive ear. Listen, listen to the prophet. This He said He's not gonna. He might not be here much longer. This is this is the most important things He had to say to the to the people around. And moving forward, what do you, what He says next. He says, "Oh, people, no prophet or apostle will come after me, and no new faith will be born. Reason well, therefore, oh people, and understand my words that I convey to you. I, I leave behind me two things: the Quran and my example, the Sunnah." And if you follow these, you will never go astray. SubhanAllah. Imagine the Prophet, والسلام, he left no stone unturned. Allah left no stone, stone unturned. He gave us an example from every type of people, from every type of nation. Whatever that we needed to know from, from his time all the way until the day, day of judgment, we have it, we know it, and it's in our hearts, and we should abide by it. Allah has given us the, the Sharia law, and we should abide by it. Mm -hmm. Things know, to Allah reflect on, SubhanAllah. Yeah, and <laughs> why did you just stop? <laughs> <Why did that? laughs> yeah. I thought, right? I thought I thought you you were gonna go ahead and but, say uh, something. <laughs> yeah. So see, th this is for the people who think that um, like they could follow Islam any way they want to, that they can interpret the Quran any way they mm -hmm. want to. The Prophet Islam, he said he left behind two things: the Quran and his Sunnah. And he he also told us who to follow. Who to follow? He told you to follow the Sahaba and then the Tabi'in and the Tabi Tabi'in. Like he gave you, he left behind people who could um, continue to convey the message the way that uh, the way that he left it, the way that he instructed them to do. What did he say at the end? 
If you follow these, you will never go astray. I want you to imagine this. I live my life by the Quran and Sunnah. I pray my five daily prayers. You know, I'm I'm giving my wealth to the poor. I'm I'm making sure that you know I'm I'm fulfilling my rights to whatever human being, fulfilling my rights to the animals, taking care taking care of myself. How how could I ever go astray? Yeah, I'm I'm not someone who who makes conflict where I don't need to make conflict. I'm not someone who speaks uh speaks out uh, for no reason. You know, I'm someone who, I stay quiet. You know. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of shy. Like, you know, those, those are good characteristics. I'm someone who stays in my lane. I do what I have to do. I, I do my acts of Ibadah. I go from Ibadah to Ibadah. You know, like, like he said, um, I fulfill my five pillars of Islam. You know, I have, I have a good sense of Iman within me. Like, how are you going to go straight? And here, here's the other thing. Islam, Islam is a complete religion. You know, like, you know, the day I've completed upon you, my, uh, the religion. So imagine Islam looks after you spiritually, mentally, physically. And we as human mm -hmm. beings, we're spiritual beings, mental beings, and, and physical. physical beings. No, no stone left unturned? No stone left unturned. Mm -hmm. Moving forward. All those who listen to me shall pass on my words to others and to those to others again. And may the last ones understand my words better than those who listen to me directly. SubhanAllah. I said I was going to bring up a point earlier. I said I was going to come back to it. Remember, the Rasul, he said no... No white has a no superiority over a, over a black. This was before European slavery. We're, we're, we're in a time like even now. We're, imagine this sermon has been conveyed all the way down, all the way down, all the way down. Now we're, we're having this conversation now. That in itself, prophecy from the Prophet ﷺ. Also, he said, may the, ones, may the last ones understand it better than the ones who heard from me directly. Because you have to understand, right? We, at, at the time, you know, they, wouldn't, they weren't going through the same problems that we are going today, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, when he the, says... Like, the problems about the women, the problems about race, the problems about children of Adam, the problems about usury. Like, usury, like all these were problems back then, but we understand and we see it in a different, like, we see yeah, it like in today a it's stronger so light. Yeah, it's, it's so prevalent. prevalent. We understand it. Like, I, like, this is, like, I'm reading this, I'm like, yo, this is true. Like, you're and, understanding, like, everything is happening right here, right before me. So why why not believe in it? And ever since the Prophet, you've had all these leaders, all these scholars, all these, like, these very intellectual and intelligent Muslim people come in and they've been able to uh, create, like, dissect, it, you know? dissect the religion, I mean, dissect yeah. the sunnah and, and show us ways to live our lives. Easy like, and, and they've like been able to give us, like, you know, they've been able to give us uh, fatwas, you know, rulings on, like, certain situations because we go through different situations today. You know, we're not sitting here, uh, we're not Bedouins in Arabia anymore. Yeah. Like, we're here, we, uh, we have structure, we have, we have economy, we have, we have all this. We have this entire uh, world that, like it operates way differently than it did before. So that's why understanding the words better now because we, we've had all this knowledge that was compiled for us over the last 1400 years and now it's sitting for us. And then the generations to come after us, they will have it even better than us because they have, they have the knowledge that this generation left behind, the generation after it and that type even, of stuff. Even in the Quran, like- when, Wait, hold on. Oh, you went, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So hold on. It says after that, it says, be my witness, O Allah, that I've conveyed your message to your people. So even, so even when it comes to the uh, the message of Allah, so like, let's say the Quran, right? The Quran is the direct word of Allah, right? Mm -hmm. And it says, and you know, before he said that, he says, may, uh, what's it called? The last ones understand my words, but in the ones who listen to me directly, right? We understand now 
like let's say the scientific miracles in the Quran, right? At the time, right? No, no Arab Bedouin really cared that okay, that the sun is uh, the sun is a light and the moon is a reflective light. Like it doesn't really matter. But when we see this now, when we see that these people knew this, that the Quran knew this fourteen hundred years ago, like there, there's no way, mm -hmm. like this increases us in iman, right? Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of scientists, philosophers that have accepted Islam based on you know th these types of miracles. Mm -hmm. Like, could you imagine an Arab Bedouin reading that the sun and the moon are in their own orbits? Like, what what significance does this have to does this have to them? But what is our prophet telling? in this last sermon the last one may the last ones understand it better than those who heard it from me directly now we understand this in such a such a clear vivid light we understand we like we know we understand the mathematics yeah, of the, the scientists and, they, and the, the, the fanatic we, we hear the argument of oh the quran is outdated the quran needs to be changed no the quran doesn't need to be changed and allah has pr promised the, the preservation of this scripture right mm -hmm. so <laughs> this this just shows us how the quran is just timeless right the, the word the words of allah is timeless the sunnah of the prophet is timeless it's meant for until the the, the day of judgment this is exactly why he's the last prophet because there is no subjective there is no morality that, that is subjective it's all objective and that's why it, it's timeless subhanallah. And that can be my witness Allah, that i have conveyed your message to your people like subhanallah i, Could you I want you to take that, that last part though saying that that the prophet alayhi salatu called us like the people of allah like we think about how honored we are because we have Allah Azawadil. Nobody else does. If they're not Muslim, they don't have Allah. Allah's not on their side. Allah says they call out to people who can't answer them. People that uh <laughs> like you you call they won't like, help you. Like even in the Quran, when when you saw the idol worshippers, they're like you call out to someone who they can't answer you. They yeah. uh, that's what that's what prophet that's what prophet Abraham they claim said they claim that like oh they needed sustenance from these uh from these things, like they, they can't do anything. Like they can't help you in any way. They can't answer you. So, but you know, Allah, Allah can answer you. Allah can answer you du'as. And he, then, he's a witness to to the uh, your prayers. You know, Allah's a Allah's over all things a witness. Allah Subhanallah. Allah. And then, and, like, let's finish this off with what, uh, the reverse that Rasulullah he said after this. So yeah, this that was his complete sarnam, right? But then so, after that, he you know he he brought up this verse from Surah Al-Maidah, right? So chapter number five, verse three says. This day, the disbelievers despair of prevailing against your religion. So fear them not, but fear me. So fear Allah. This day, I perfected for you your religion and filled my favor up onto you. And that has been my pleasure to choose Islam for you as your religion. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. We should do that. La ilaha illallah. Like, imagine. <laughs> don't fear the disbelievers. Don't fear the non-Muslims, right? You, sh you should want to practice your religion in front of you. You should lead want to lead by example. Don't be scared to practice your religion wherever you are. But right? fear Allah. And they're not fear. Yeah, fear Allah. Don't fear what they what they have to say about you or what they're gonna do to you if you're a Muslim, right? Mm -hmm. Allah has Allah has perfected this religion. This religion is perfect from from A to Z. No stone left unturned. Remember this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep hinting at this. No stone left unturned. This religion has all your answers. I promise you. And whatever you're looking for, this this religion has the answer to it. And don't. Don't be fearful of anything that, uh, don't be fearful of speaking up against injustice. Don't be fearful of looking at something and seeing that it misrepresents Islam by a Muslim and tell them like, yo, this is not what Islam represents. Do not go, go in public uh, misrepresenting Islam. Do not go giving us a bad image because that hurts all of us. We're because all ambassadors every, of Islam. Yeah, we're not, all yeah. ambassadors not, of Islam. We're, he even said it, the, uh, like the people who will hear his message will go and they will spread it again and again. Mm -hmm. How can we spread the message effectively if there are people who are misrepresenting it? If there are people who are out here committing sins in public, like with no shame and not uh, showing that they repent to Allah and they're correcting their way. And we go to show people Islam and they look at it and they be like, look, this is what Islam does. 
See, mm-hmm. we need to be ambassadors of Islam. We need to be examples for people. The Prophet is the example for all of mankind. If we follow his example, we're an example for uh, for everybody else, for everybody who's outside the fold of Islam. Because then it makes it easier for them to accept Islam because they look, oh, look at the character of this person. Look at the um, look at the humility of this person, the humbleness. You know, look at them. They, they, they they're so routine. They're so disciplined. Yeah, and don't assume or wish the worst for someone or of someone. Like, if you see someone who's doing wrong, like. At least have the courage. At least have some dignity. Have some. Don't be a bystander. Don't be a bystander. Have some. Have some. I don't know. I, I can't bring the word for it. Go and tell them. Go tell them about Islam or something. Or someone comes and he disrespects you. Tell them about Islam. Man, you don't fear Allah. I need it. You, you need help. Yeah, I, like maybe maybe there's something wrong with you, but Allah, you need Allah. Like you need like tell them about Islam. Tell them about La ilaha illallah. The Islam was sent to the worst of people at the time. The Rasul he was sent to the, the Arabs. They were the worst of people at the time. That, Islam is not a religion for the Arabs. It's a religion for everyone. So, and he came the, out on the, top. And like, yeah, the Christian, the Jew, anyone. This is, like, why, anyone. this is why he's the best man in history. Like I forgot, I forgot. Um, he's the most the guy, influential the guy's, yeah. the guy's name, but he says, you know, he he was a Christian. He says, I wanted to put Jesus as number one, but I couldn't because Muhammad sallallahu was was a husband. Jesus wasn't. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam fought battles. Jesus didn't. Like you know, things like this. This is when we say. Islam left no stone unturned. It has a situation to all model. your problems. Yeah, complete role model for all. And like men. you said, the Prophet ﷺ, he was sent to the worst of people at that time, the, the Bedouins, the Arabs in Arabia at that time. You know, these idol worshippers, these pagans, right? These pagans in Mecca. And what did he do? He still came out on top. He con- he, he conquested Mecca. He made uh, Medina his city. He made them two the two of the holy cities as long, as as well as uh, Jerusalem. One of our holiest cities. Like he came out on top. He left people who who brought who spread Islam even further. Islam still on top. Islam still on top today. Like it's gonna, he was it's he was such increasing. a man. Imagine even just his companions that w- once wanted to kill him. They were the ones who spread Islam all the way to China, all the way to Persia, all the way to Rome. Exactly. Like, like Umar ibn Khattab, like Khalid ibn Walid. He created. He, he curated uh, essentially. Like since Khalid ibn Walid was an enemy of Islam, and he converted to Islam. Like. The greatest single, the single greatest warrior to ever walk the earth, Khalid ibn Walid. Like he literally, from Islam, like subhanAllah, just imagine the, imagine the man, Allah, subhanAllah. Doing, doing it all for the sake of Allah, Allah, subhanAllah. Junaid's going to close out this episode, you know, speaking of the, the, the final message of the Prophet, والسلام, what he left behind for us and how we can take that message and we can, we're still applying it today. You know, we, we took uh, from it what we could, you know, there's obviously so much more to delve into it, but... Uh, you know, hopefully you you got some of the message. So hopefully you guys could take some yeah, and go, and go share it from this something like you can interpret something uh, that can that help we, you in yeah. your life, help you increase your iman. Inshallah. With that being said, you know, assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. I want you guys just to imagine this. This is just one hadith, and look at look at the level of depth that we just went into, and there's still much more that we could have gone into. Now imagine you know the tafsir of the Quran or the other hadith that you know we didn't even get a chance to go into yet. Like it's, this 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 religion, like you you never stop learning. Right, and you mm-hmm. you guys should always go go out to seek more knowledge and better knowledge. But that being said, just to remind you guys, we're not scholars, still students of knowledge, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Make sure you guys share this with your friends and family. You never know whose life you can change by sharing this. Mm-hmm. That being said, salam alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. All right, salam alaikum wa rahmatullah wa